Hello to anyone interested in how to fix their troubled finances. Since this is the 15th of December, this is a Christmas season, and this is a Christmas story. It's still about troubled finances. It turns out this guy needs a car, or more appropriately, his son needs a car. So you could title this a unique Christmas present. Now, I don't know about you, but I have always liked sports cars. Actually, that's not quite the case. I've always loved sports cars. I know people who are afraid to even ride in sports cars, but I'm obviously not. When I was in the Army, a friend wanted to sell a 1969 Triumph TR6. In case you do not know, a Triumph is a very small, two-seater sports car, like an Austin Healey or an MG. I immediately took a fancy to it, worked out a deal with him, and purchased it, and kept it for 20 years. Obviously, I really liked it. But now, I'm an older man, and I do not have a sports car. I had an older Buick LeSabre, a good car, but an older man's car. And I didn't like that. So one summer day, one of my younger friend's sons stopped by our house to see him, and he was driving this 2004 Crossfire sports car, which is a car jointly built by Mercedes and Chrysler. I briefly admired it and went back to my computer working. After the friend left, my son happened to mention that he wanted to sell the car for $2,750. $2,750. Hmm, I thought. That evening, as my wife and I went to bed, I admitted to my wife that I really liked that car, and the price was right, even though it had some body damage. When she said, if you like it, buy it. I said, oh, okay, I'll make him an offer. So... I offered him the price that my son had mentioned, and he said he changed his mind. He now wanted $5,000. Well, the car wasn't worth that, in my opinion, and we went back and forth a few times for a couple of months. Neither one of us moved, and so the thing was dropped. I prayed to the Lord that if he wanted me to buy this car, I would be happy to buy it, but with the body damage, I did not think it was worth more than the price I offered. The months go by, and I had forgotten all about the crossfire. After all, it was just a fancy dream. But now it's Christmas. Our other son had an older car with 200,000 miles on it, and he accidentally let the radiator run low on fluid, and the car overheated and blew the head gasket. If you know anything about cars, you know that when the head gasket is blown, especially on an older car, the engine is shot. It's toast. And if the engine is shot, the car is almost worthless. And the problem is, he did not have much money to purchase another car. He was supposed to start a good job in February, and for that job he needed reliable transportation. So how was I going to help our son? After we had confirmed uh, that indeed this was the situation with the mechanic, that next week I was sitting at my desk Tuesday morning, the first part of January, praying about what to do for a car for our son. Should I purchase one and then sell him mine at a good price? Or should I just purchase a used one for him? Which, by the way, as you know, are hard to find, a good used one. As I was praying, the phone rang. And I was irritated because the phone interrupted my prayer. And I answered in a kind of a gruff voice, Hello! And the voice on the other end says, Was this Mr. Toussaint? I said, Yes. He said, Well, this is the guy with the crossfire. Are you still interested in it? And I said, Yes. And he said, Here, talk to my mother. As it turned out, the mother was the real controller of the car, and the car's ignition system had gone out. It needed replaced. To have it fixed, they had it towed to the dealership. However, it had been sitting at the Chrysler dealership for over 30 days because she did not have the money to pay for the, for the repairs, and neither did he. 
and the dealership was now charging her parking because the car had been there for 30 days. So she said, well, how much will you pay for this car? Not knowing how much the ignition and new key fobs would cost and whatever else was wrong, I said, $1,000. She spoke to her husband, and he agreed. And I said, great. Met them and paid the money. Got the, got the title. It turns out the ignition system, the key fobs, and other repairs ended up being about $1,750, $1,750. So $1,750 plus the $1,000 that I already paid for the car totaled $2,750, the exact amount I had offered for the car several months earlier. And the real miracle was I received the phone call regarding the car specifically as I was praying for God to tell me what to do about a car for our son. Talk about timing. I was so happy and pleased I laughed after I hung up the phone. What an incredible coincidence. It was really a God moment. Talk about a God timing. I mean, if God had waited a week more, I may have purchased another car. So what did I do for my son? I sold him my old Buick which was in excellent condition for an appropriate price with no interest. He then paid me monthly until it was paid in full. So in one fell swoop, God worked it all out just at the perfect time. What a Christmas present. Even if it was a belated one, it was a great Christmas present for me. And now I get to drive a little two-seater sports car, and it gives me a lift every time I get in the seat. So God just gave me a blessing that I receive almost every day. Praise the Lord. So the question I have for you is how could you get God to work in your life in the same way? You might say, well, that's a nice story, and yeah, I'm glad he worked in that for your situation, but I've never felt God moving in my life, not in a miraculous way for sure. Well, just so you know, I don't see miracles like that every day either, but there are miracles that happen, and that's just one good example. But the question is, is how could you get God to work in your life in a powerful way. What do you need to do? What, what changes do you need to make? So here are some possibilities. Number one, get serious about your relationship with Him. Give Him, the Lord God Almighty, your whole life. Promise God from the bottom of your heart that you are His person and you will do whatever He tells you to do whenever He tells you to. Now, here's another question. How can you and I know what it is that he wants you and I to do? That's a great question, by the way. First, regularly read his word in the Holy Bible. If you, don't, if you do not have one, purchase one, preferably in a modern, easy-to-read translation. And by the way, the Bible itself says it provides answers. In a book called Timothy, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So the Bible itself says it is the exact instruction that God wants us to have. So, therefore, if Scripture addresses the subject, then we have the answer. And, by the way, if you don't know where to start, I would begin with the book of John in the New Testament section, and then, and then I might go to the book of Proverbs and read at least a few verses every day. Second, if the answer is not clear in the Bible, or if you cannot find it, seek godly counsel. A wise man is he who listens to counsel, Proverbs twelve fifteen. The Lord provides his counsel to his people, us, through godly people in our life. Our responsibility is to seek and engage them. 
the ones he has selected for us will be honored and pleased to give us counsel and to assist us in our decisions. Just as an aside, here I am, a well-seasoned financial coach. I've been doing this for over 30 years. Yet, just recently, there was a financial question I needed advice on. I called this good friend who was not emotionally involved in my problem and asked his advice. We all need advice at times. Third, if you're still unsure, ask God to confirm the decision one way or another. I prefer confirmation in the form of an unusual occurrence, such as a surprise answer to prayer or a godly person unexpectedly bringing up a subject and making a specific recommendation. When these combined, you and I should be confident that we're making the decision that He wants us to make. As we make the decision, we can then, as it says in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now here's another subject. Did I say be anxious for nothing? You say, well, how is this possible? There are a million things to be anxious about every day but not from our Lord's point of view. Every one of us has issues. Being anxious happens to be one of mine. Many days I still question, uh, how is this possible? And then I go back to Scripture and I decide to follow, to trust Him. Do I, do my wife and I have food to eat, a roof over our heads, clothes on our backs? Has our Lord given us jobs to do? Are we striving to do them to the best of our ability with His help? Are there problems facing us every day? Well, yes, to all of the above, absolutely. So thank you for choosing this podcast today. I pray this true story on how God worked in one guy's life helped you in some regard. There are over 70 stories on finances like this from the book Troubled Finances, There is Hope. It's available on our website, www.troubledfinances.com. The cost of the book, by the way, is only $13.95 softcover and $3.69 on Kindle. I am David G. Toussaint. Thank you for listening. If you want to contact me, you can email me from the website. I will respond. Have a great day in the Lord.